Welcome, data people. We are Zuma. My name is Matt, and this is the Data for Good podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Zuma. Zuma is a dedicated recruitment company focusing on data positions across Berlin. The Data for Good podcast is for the world of data science, analytics, and engineering, giving you the thoughts and opinions of data leaders from Berlin and beyond. Today, we are joined by Federico Branchetti, Risk, Products, and Engineering Lead at Grover. Federico, welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Thanks. What about you? I'm very, very well. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, for those who, who don't know and aren't aware, uh, I'd be shocked if they don't, but can you give us a, a quick introduction? Uh, yeah, sure. So, yeah, I am Italian, as you may uh, infer from my accent. Uh, my background is in economics, uh, and then I studied management here in Berlin, and then I started working in risk at Grover. Uh, so I take care of um, the product area and the engineering area that are related to uh, risk. And let's say with the main uh, goal of uh, preventing uh, credit and fraud uh, risk uh, against Grover. So, yeah. Amazing. And we're going to tap into uh, that wisdom and hopefully share some some useful insights. Kick it off with a, uh, a strong question. So, yeah, why we're here to talk about AI uh, in risk. So why are we using what is considered quite a risky technology in such a fragile area like risk and fraud? Um, so I, I would say in, there are two answers, two, two different uh, ideas. Uh, the first idea is that uh, the one that is a bit more user-centric, so that maybe cover product, uh, is that uh, the expectation of the customer are uh, being more and more demanding, right? Mm -hmm. And they, the customer really want you to get back to them as soon as possible, right? Like having an underwriting process that involve a, a human is of course uh, a challenge against this. Yeah. So um, let's say machine learning algorithm comes very handy when you're trying to uh, yeah, being fast uh, in replying and decide on uh, and say if accepting a loan or not. Um, the second area is really about uh, um, the decision making itself. Uh, we know humans are very good at a lot of things, mm -hmm. uh, but we also know that we have uh, certain areas where we are a bit lacking. Uh, and the quantitative area are specifically uh, tough, right? For us, mm -hmm. uh, especially scale. Uh, what we observed uh, at least at Grover is that uh, when we are trying to prevent fraud, when we are trying yeah. to prevent credit default, uh, uh, we can deploy a mix of uh, kind of uh, capabilities. The human capabilities, which are super important and that are very difficult to replace fully, mm -hmm. but also yeah. the machine learning one. So we try to target uh, different area of fraud, different area and aspect of credit default with these two different tools. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it gives us it gives us the opportunity um, to call out certain fraud buckets and certain credit default buckets that humans can't really. So yeah. Okay, so it it might sound like magic to to some people who who aren't in um, in the domain. What what's actually happening? What 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 work is going on behind the scenes? All right, so. 
um, let's say for, for human, it's uh, simpler, right? Like they will see a lot of data that are related to the customer and to the application. Um, and they will take a decision based on their experience, based on their, uh, uh, let's say, based on our credit uh, uh, policy and so on, right? So our underwriting. Um, the, for the machine learning uh, aspect, it's similar, but of course, before there is a lot of training and a lot of uh, um, kind of investigation of pattern mm. and not only through let's say human eyes, right? So through the data scientists that are training the model, but the model itself. So we will feed um, our models with a lot of data mm -hmm. and we will identify some pattern that are, that will be otherwise very difficult to spot, right? And balance against each other. So this is basically what is going on behind. There is a lot of uh, uh, time spent and invested in uh, the data itself and mm. the training to reach a final algorithm that we are fine for deployment. Why are we investing so much time in this? Yeah, so I think the, the whole idea is that uh, there are, uh, again, speed. We want to underwrite uh, in a very fast way. Mm. And also uh, we want to catch uh, um, good customer and bad customer utilizing a slightly different, a slightly different approach than the one that uh, human will uh, use, right? Yeah. We want to, uh, we know that humans will catch certain type of fraud, right? We know mm. that they will spot uh, um, very specific type of connection and, and so on, but we also know that they will miss some of them, right? And what do we do when that happens? Well, we try to compensate with machine learning. We try uh, to use machine learning. Well, both, I mean, when I say compensate, it's not only compensate, it's also a bit of replicating mm -hmm. what is happening also in other area, but especially trying to cover all the gaps that uh, we miss before. And this is iterative, right? Like we have a model, a version one, and we say, okay, um, we are catching this area, we are catching this roster, right? And then some time pass, now we have new roster, we have new pattern that we can identify and we can release a version two and so on and so forth. So it's kind of a, uh, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. Are you keeping ahead of fraud or is or the fraudsters, shall we say, or are they forcing your hand in innovation? Well, uh, they are definitely good, uh, but for us at the moment, uh, we are quite satisfied with, with the level of, uh, of prevention that we reach. It doesn't mean that we are perfect. It mm -hmm. always, uh, there is always uh, a new pattern. There is always a new um, kind of ways uh, for them to, to attack. And I mean, keep in mind, every time we release a patch, uh, yeah. they will sort of understand that, right? Like it, it's not gonna take uh, maybe one day, it's not gonna take uh, a couple of weeks, but at some point they will understand how to get around. And that's why it's also super important to, to keep monitoring the situation, mm. to involve a certain amount of uh, um, human attention in the process. Uh, 
because I mean models are uh, a bit delicate, as you mentioned at the very beginning, right? Yeah. And in particular, you cannot just, uh, let's say, prepare um, a new measure against a type of fraud that you're looking at and just deploy it, right? You will need to test, you will need to train a new model. This requires some time. So in the meantime, what we try to do, or at least the way we do it here, we identify the, the risk yeah. and we kind of intervene with heuristic. So very simple, you know, if the name of the customer is Matt. Of yeah. course, we don't do this, but just an example. So it sounds like a bit of a dance with uh, the fraudsters ongoing. When things are going well, things are quiet, everything seems great. How do you just, it's not cheap running this. How do you justify the costs when it's all going well? <laughs> well, uh, let's say for risk, uh, it's relatively simple uh, because the cost of, uh, let's say, the cost of producing an inference, uh, it's not significant when compared to to the risk of losing an asset for us right okay. mm. you can imagine a macbook uh iphone they're relatively expensive items so um, from the risk point of view it's always very simple um, i guess it's a lot more difficult in other area right when you step in commercial when you step in marketing then that's where costs like these ones uh, become important so when they are what what are the challenges that that you're facing in this area i will say when specifically when we talk about machine learning and when we talk about data uh, one challenge for sure is uh, um, identify the new pattern and having a reliable way of uh, flagging misbehavior right mm -hmm. at the end of the day um, your machine learning model needs to be optimized to reach a goal. And if that goal is not well, um, um, say if that goal is not clear enough, yeah. uh, then your model will not really target it. So one big ch challenge for sure is um, having a good and reliable way of flagging uh, the behavior that we don't like and having a reliable way of uh, linking that uh, to um, payment behavior specifically. So when is it that we're talking about fraud? When is it that we're talking about uh, uh, credit default? And also when we talk about fraud, which type of fraud it is. And mm. in this way, we can have um, sort of different ways um, to identify the, uh the pattern that we're seeing. Are you looking for fraud or are you looking for like specific types of fraud or are you looking for a change in usual behavior? Yeah, so the, all, of, all of them in theory. Okay. Um, let's say when we talk about fraud, we are typically fighting two main type of, of that. Uh, we have the first party and we have the third party. So um, the first party fraud is when someone just come with their real name, with their real address, they are real customer, like real people, and they place an order with no intention of paying, right? Like they, they are requesting something, but they know from the very beginning that they will not pay. And then we have third party fraud, which is uh, um, 
can we say, simple term uh, impersonating someone else, right? So I will place an order and I will use your name. I will use your address. I will use your credit card and so on and so forth. Um, so these are two very different and distinct behavior and they have um, a very distinct pattern. So it's kind of, it's a bit of a challenge for us to mm. separate them and using the right tool for each. Okay, so how how do you keep moving forward in innovating and keeping on the front foot? Mm -hmm. So there are uh, definitely, I will think about two ways in general. One is, uh, um, let's say, keep an eye on the market, keep an eye on the new tools that are being released, mm. um, keep talking with peers in the industry, right? This is absolutely critical. But on the other side, uh, um, and I think that's that's something that I, I mean, at this point I stress it and I like to stress, we do have a human team. Uh, we mm. do have a fraud team, a credit team. They do look at the data. They yeah. do uh, look for pattern and they are, uh, let's say, ready for big uh, uh, new challenge, right? So new challenges. Um, so this is, uh, I think, one of the key of uh, being ahead of roster is really not let them exploit the system mm. that you have, but have uh, um, a good alerting system in place. So, so it sounds like you're this is a supporting technology as opposed to a replacement technology. Yeah, for sure. I I don't think we will reach a point where 100% of the decision can um, can be made by a machine or machine learning in general. Um, I think there will always be um, a portion where it makes mm. a lot of sense uh, to have a human uh, involved uh, either for approving or yeah. for declining right like these uh, these two outcome that coexist and yeah, are relevant for our stakeholder mm. outside of grover do you think in the industry it's something that they're pushing for is that the end goal for risk and fraud to replace humans and take it out of our hands um, I don't, I don't think I perceive this in the industry. Mm -hmm. I always see this as a support, uh, for, for our decision makers, right? Like, so, uh, for us specifically, it's always about releasing as much time as possible from uh, our peers to yeah. make sure that they have as much time as possible, uh, to investigate the important cases, the relevant cases, the new uh, pattern, right? Mm -hmm. So do what we call uh, uh, proactive investigation, so not yeah. just react. And and I think machine learning play a big role here because we can uh, we can really support uh, and uh, what to say scale fraud detection developed by human at the end. Is regularity regulatory reg? Uh regulation also uh, playing a part here well how, how, much, of a, how much of a part are they playing 
Yeah, it's a, it's a big part for sure. Uh, you need to be aware, especially in, in the credit industry, uh, there are um, quite some limitations, which are very important to, to ensure that, you know, all the mechanisms in the credit industry are, are fair and treat people with, uh, uh, let's say, all the customer in a similar way uh, mm -hmm. as much as possible. Um, I think on, on one end, uh, it's challenging because maybe you may expect certain data to be relevant. Yeah. Um, and especially when it comes to fingerprinting, for example, like following um, the froster, maybe you're limited because you you can't, uh, how to say, you, you can't collect as many, um, how can we call it, uh, let's say traces. Uh, yeah, yeah. as the one that you would like to but at the same time uh, i mean this is part of what we do at grover that our idea is to really uh, allow everyone to to get the technology that they need mm -hmm. and in a sense uh, also allow as many people as we can uh, that are typically rejected by other credit institutions right so for us it's um, um super important the legislation and also i think we welcome uh, the latest decision about uh, shufa i don't know if you heard um, there were some uh, um say the international court of justice or right. was it a uh, you okay now i'm i'm not super sure about which organ yeah. but uh, according to the uh, european union uh, shufa shouldn't be used as a single decision point um, okay. So for us, this is, uh, in a sense, good news because it, it validates the way we are scoring customer using yeah. a lot of sources and including our own machine learning model. And on the other side, uh, other side, I think it, yeah, it, it speaks about this movement in the market uh, uh, to a very specific direction, which is to protect the customer, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we we like to have good faith in regulation that it's there for the for the right reasons. It's external, it's gonna slow us down, but kinda we accept that. What about internally? So there's that perception that risk and risk management is is a hindrance <laughs> to business growth. What was your what's your point of view? Yeah, uh, well internally it's always a bit of um it's always interesting to to see how we are uh, perceived depending on the market condition, depending on, um, let's say, the latest result and so on. Uh, it's very simple, I would say, to, to point over risk when mm -hmm. the conversion is not working as expected, right? Uh, but at the same point, at the same time, uh, um, it becomes, uh, uh, let's say, everyone look at risk uh, with, with a lot of confidence uh, and, uh, and kind of with high expectation when we see that, for example, the, the market conditions shift to sustainability, right? Then suddenly everyone is really uh, afraid that we may underwrite uh, the wrong people, right? Uh, and, and they eventually support us. So I think there was a big, a big switch here before yeah. when money were free. No yeah. one was really understanding mm -hmm. why we were not throwing money away. 
Yeah. Right. And now it's very clear um, that we are doing it to protect the company. So we are getting uh, uh, auto support. I will add uh, and this is for, I think it's something that I, I saw a lot uh, and heard a lot from, from peers in the industry. Um, I think there is also a lot of work that should come from the risk management in um, kind of helping the rest of the company in understanding this, right? Like it's not, um, let's say preventing risk, preventing yeah. fraud is not the risk team uh, responsibility, not only it's everyone's responsibility and keeping this idea um, in mind when, I don't know, when a product uh, a manager prepare and scope a new project, when uh, someone from commercial prepare a new campaign and so on and so forth, keep in mind that we do face credit risk, that we do face fraud risk. It's, yeah. um, it's something that uh, it's our responsibility as well, right? Yeah, the, the saying, um, you only see who's swimming naked when the tide goes out comes to mind uh, when, you were, when you were sharing that. So what's the trade-off? How, how do you keep them happy by um, facilitating innovation while, you know, holding the brakes a little bit and just making them realize that it, we might go a little bit slower, but we'll go a lot further. Mm-hmm. How, how do you have that? How do you educate that trade-off? I think for us, it's very important to justify what's happening, right? Like to, mm. to really give explanation and um, kind of make them aware about the expectation around a certain customer, around a certain type of customer. Uh, so saying, okay, we are declining Federico because this and that and that. And we believe that customers like Federico have an higher chance of uh, causing a loss. To, to our business, right? I think it's for us, the, the this is the most important point, right? Like communicating to the rest of the business that we are in charge uh, of this and yeah. that we we are on top of it, that we mm. can, you know, that we can deliver metrics for this, that we can justify each single decision and that we, we can provide an any given moment uh, um, to say a projection and say, okay, if you are, if you feel like you want to undertake more risk, then we can do it and we can do it in this way and this way and that way. Do you feel we should take less risk than we can do? You know, these are the options. So um, this, I think, is the key, uh, the communication, kind of as always. It sounds like you're an advocate for structure is freedom. Have you heard that before? No, it's new. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the concept that if you're given unlimited options, you become a slave to the choice. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have more structure, you tend to have, you become more creative and have more freedom when there's more rules. Do you think that aligns with what you're working with or am I, uh, am I way off the point? I, I think in a way it's true, right? Like if, if you can... Um... I mean, from from my experience uh, with uh, with let's say senior management, uh, uh, what I see is uh, problems comes and they they 
can, can become very relevant when your communication is not effective, right? When you can't uh, express uh, um, what is your plan, what is your vision, what is it that you are doing on day to day, right? And, and especially when it comes to, to operations that are affecting the PNL, right? Mm. Um, so in a sense, uh, I think having structure around uh, around your processes and having a effective way to communicate a structure and uh, and making everyone that is interested aware and and participant in a in a sense uh, it's the way to go the other way around uh, um, having everyone to um, kind of challenge everything all mm -hmm. the time it just causes a lot of noise and it's not really helpful Absolutely. Let's let's bring this home and, and, and summarize. If if someone's pointing the finger at risk and fraud and, and saying you're just an expensive cost center, mm -hmm. how would you respond? Um, well, let's imagine the uh, how expensive it will be not to have us. Amazing. And yeah, I appreciate you, you joining us today, Federico. If people want to hear more about you more about grover um what yeah where can they go and what if you what have you got coming up um yeah no i mean uh, you can totally follow us on uh, on linkedin and also if you're interested in interested in data i would say keep an eye on our career website uh i think it's grover.careers or something similar because yeah. some uh, data position will probably open uh, at the beginning of new year so in the beginning of new year so Keep an eye on that. Nice. In your team or is uh, across across the company? Also, also in my team, yes. I would say machine learning and data scientists, we definitely want to invest and we want to double down on uh, on this area. Okay, nice. Is domain is uh, domain experience necessary or just passion for data science? I would say for now, we are a bit more looking into... Uh, profile with seniority but okay. uh, you're always welcome uh, to apply and uh, maybe you don't think that your background is uh, is relevant yeah um, but maybe we we see something that you don't so yeah please apply anyway who knows who knows well yeah we'll uh, appreciate appreciate you and uh, appreciate you joining us today Federico um yeah for those who uh, are listening Please like and share. Um, I think less than 60% of our listeners actually follow us. So yeah, do keep up to date with the episodes. But it is bye from us. Thanks once again. Fabio. Ciao.